0: Welcome to The Soul Connection, an exploration of the interconnectivity between our social influencers, physical and emotional well-being, with a spark of spirituality. Please welcome your host, The Soul Doctor, Dr. Christiane Ann known as Dr. K.
1: Welcome to Soul Connection. We have a very honored and distinguished guest today on our show, and I am so thrilled to have Colonel Tony Saab joining us on The Soul Connection. Colonel Sab, I would love to, first of all, thank you for the years of service and dedication you've given to our country. Men of Valor are just such an honor to have on this show. And I am absolutely ecstatic that you've stepped up to throw your hat in the ring and the political ring over there in Orlando. And you have been recognized by the service I have down that you have earned a couple bronze stars, uh, Legion of Merit, in which you'll have to tell me what that is, three air medals. Obviously, you're very decorated and well-respected in your field and with your colleagues. So welcome to the show. And I'd love to hear a little bit about your service and what has motivated you to throw your hat in the ring. So thank you.
0: Well, Christy, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, this is a great opportunity for me to get to know a little bit more about you and your cause, and I'd like to be able to help that cause, and maybe you can help mine at the same time. Uh, my name is Tony Saab. I'm retired Army Colonel, 25 years, and you're right, two-time Bronze Star recipient, three-time Combat Air Medal, and Legion of Merit. All of those awards are, uh, most of them, the, the Bronze Stars and the Air Medals are for time in combat. Yes, I served in combat in battalion command and company command in the 101st Airborne Division. I was a helicopter pilot, Blackhawks. I commanded a Blackhawk assault helicopter battalion company in the 101st in 1990s and also in the 2000s. So to just give you an idea, I was a company commander about 28 years old, just got married. And uh, one year later, I'm over in Iraq fighting mm. against uh, Saddam Hussein with the 101st. That same unit. Ten years later, I go back. I am now the battalion commander. So instead of 15 Blackhawks, I'm responsible for 30 Blackhawks. And I go back over with the 101st as a lieutenant colonel fighting against, again, the Iraqi forces. So I guess my point to you is I have uh, had the opportunity to serve my country in that capacity but at the same time, um, lost a lot of time with my family, a lot of sacrifice in, in the process of doing that and had a a love for my country that I thought was unshakable because I thought we had a government that would protect our Constitution and people within that government that would ensure that it was preserved for our kids and their kids. Mm-hmm. I suddenly find out when I retire that because by the way, I was independent throughout all of that. I was never a Democrat or a Republican. I just thought it was my duty to be a soldier, an officer to protect my constitution. not worry about the political part of it because my political leaders would tell me what I needed to do. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was definitely a constitutionalist because I believe that's what brought my people out of slavery and was Mm -hmm. going to continue to progressive uh, diversity and fairness within our country and keep people coming here because we all, we obey our laws. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I finally get out and I find out that, well, things aren't that way, because you have to understand you are insulated and cloistered when you are in the world of being in the military. There are a lot of things that we we follow, but we are so busy doing what we're doing, uh, we're just worried about taking care of our people and taking care of the uh, the, the missions that we've been given. Uh, so you know, finally getting out and seeing the political atmosphere and uh, understanding that I can no longer stand on the sideline and watch my country uh, lose its identity because that's what I thought was happening. Talking to my wife and, every, you know, I'm watching her eyes roll back up in her head. And when I start telling her we are on the wrong direction and this thing is going, it's going off the rails. Uh, she no longer looks that way. She now she now understands it. Um, mm-hmm. We are able as military officers and, and soldiers to see the path of our country much quicker than people that aren't, because we've been in countries that have taken this path. And I've seen people that are subservient to their government and their government not serving them. Mm -hmm. We're supposed to have public servants, not be servant to our government. And that's what I see happening. So that's why I joined it. And I know I've been kind of macro and talking about it, but we can get down into the eaches of why exactly why I'm here doing what I'm doing right now. Yes. Well,
1: I totally agree. When when you start traveling overseas and really get an idea of what can happen very quickly when you have people that lord over a public versus people that serve a public, it radically can change the basic rights of an individual. The trickle-down effect is amazing how it can just infiltrate. And we've seen that in the last couple of years, how it can infiltrate every area of our lives. And we are a nation, a Christian nation. And unfortunately, our schools and and, uh, heritage, they've kind of whitewashed that whole part of our beautiful heritage that would help promote a national identity of who we are as a people. And instead, it's become very divisive in full of strife when we have such a beautiful thing in the United States, unlike many other countries that you've seen, that I've traveled to. Uh, We've been one of the most blessed countries on the face of the planet.
0: That's what I was just going to say to you. We are Christy victims of our own success. And what I mean by that is our prosperity that we wanted to hand down to our children. We did so without understand them understanding that freedom is not free and that our preservation of our own freedoms mean the preservation of other countries' freedoms. And what we have done in this country is marginalized the importance of having a very strong government, a very strong rule of laws that everyone has everyone, everyone has to about abide by. And what that has done is weakened our republic, mm-hmm. until people mm-hmm. now take have taken it for granted, and we are on a path and trajectory to destroying everything that we've built.
1: Yeah, the, the basics of respect, the basics of just this fundamental foundation that you and I probably had as children, we have to really fight for for our kids at this point. And I would say that's probably one of the good things that are that is coming out of what's happening, because, you know, we've lived through this generation now that they've only seen the the, the pendulum swing right. one way. And, and it keeps going further and further and further and further. And uh, even this very weekend, where I was getting some news and texts about um, parades across the country, a motorcycle parade in Los Angeles, where a lot of nude people were protesting and when I was a kid that was considered a crime for adults to run around without clothes on you know and but now for some reason people think that's all right and I mean it's very confusing we're both Christians but it talks about a warning about calling good evil and evil good and the confusion that comes with it so you know it's part of the Christian faith and and it's beyond Christian. There's a lot of good people of other faiths as well, that we all have to pray for this morality, a moral compass to our, our country coming back into play. And for people like you who have seen the world, who have seen what happens if we pursue socialism, which they admit socialism is a step to communism. And the fact that you know, a third of, of the next generation doesn't see anything wrong with communism because they've never seen it. They've never seen a one class ruling over another. I mean, if you like Hunger Games and you want to be in that bottom class, then, you know, you might think that that's acceptable, but they've not seen the outcome of it. And what, I
0: will, what I will tell you is that, um, you know, I also, when I retired, uh, for ten years, I worked for uh, defense companies, and I served in I served in Afghanistan uh, for over a year, and I also served and lived in Saudi Arabia for several years. And what I will tell you, <laughs> having you know been in both of those uh, different locations, uh, working not as in a a an officer in the military, but supporting uh, Department of Defense and supporting their efforts over there, um, I got to see things in a much different from a much different spectrum and perspective. And what I will tell you is that uh, I watched a country like, you know, living and working in a country like Saudi Arabia. If you are in that country, you live under Sharia law, period, full stop. That's how you live. Uh, When I was there, there were no movie theaters. Uh, There were no uh, places that you could go, any person, especially yourself, uh, to mingle with other people openly. If you were to go to a place, a, a public place like a restaurant, you would have to have a chaperone with you, either your father or your husband or someone in your your family. But you could not be alone. But if you were alone, you would be in a segregated area of that restaurant away from men. And if a man wow. walked, if a man walked, everything was cordoned off. And if a man walked in that restaurant, that man, if he were single, could not be in the company of other women. Now, this is what I live through. Now, we as a people and we as a, a free people have to understand that our freedoms that we enjoy are not sacrosanct to any other people in this world. They are only sacrosanct to us if we protect them, if we protect those freedoms and protect our families and protect this and listen to this individuality, because that's exactly what they're trying to take away from us now, our individuality, the mm-hmm. the importance of a person believing what that person wants to believe and not being ridiculed because it disagrees with something else. They want us to be at odds with each other. They right. want to tear the country apart by doing that. So when I was in these other countries and I watched all these things happen in Christie, I was so happy, so happy that I did what I did for 25 years. And so happy that to be an American, that's why people are coming to this country, Christy. Mm -hmm. That's why. And we're losing it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. We're losing it. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. I've heard um, people from Venezuela talk with tears in their eyes saying they don't know. They don't know what we've run from. And uh, being in Florida, I I would have to say it's a, really nice mixing pot of people from all over the world. where you know you really you yeah. get to know people that have seen and lived through a lot of different hardships, um, people from Cuba, people from Venezuela, and, and they're so happy to share their stories because they really love this country. And some of them love this country to a degree more so than the natural born citizens, because they've seen of course what's on the other do. side
0: of it. Of course. And that's great. It's so important that you said that. And it goes back to what I said to you in the very beginning. And you said people that live here that haven't traveled and I call it education. This mm-hmm. is real education. They are not educated on exactly why. We are Americans and why people die to get to this country. Now, as people come across that border to the South and they continue to pour across it, we are lessening by every person that comes across there illegally. We are lessening the importance of being here and the fact that there have been people on waiting lists for years doing it the proper way to get in this country. In other words, we have departed from what I said before our laws and our rules that set this country apart from any other in the world.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that is really the importance of the Constitution, just right. no different than a, a holy book for faith right. is a manual for us yes. to run by an agreed upon manual so that we don't have chaos in our country. I, I find that when I, I talk and deal with people who have been in the military, have, have served the country, they have a much deeper Understanding and respect. And, and I'm praying that more of them decide to get up and run for office like you have, because you bring that in. And people need to understand from those who have seen people fight and die for the interests of this country. And I believe that that would be a moral stake in our government that would be unshakable. Because if the, those same people that are willing to get on a battlefield for this country, Actually, set the policies for this country. If they're willing to die for the Constitution, don't you think that in government they'd be willing to defend it?
0: Well, I'll service? I'll tell you this, and this is one of the reasons why I got in. I'm glad you uh, you went across that that par- That part. Um, we have two leaders that are in our uh, let's just say in the president's cabinet right now that have gone through those things. One by the name of General Milley, and the other by the name of Lloyd Austin. Lloyd Austin being the Secretary of Defense and Milley being the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Last year, uh, when we watched, I got to, when we watched people hanging from the landing gear of C 17s taking off from Kabul International Airport, hmm. an airport I've been through on numerous occasions, by the way. And I watched all this happen as we were trying to conduct non combatant evacuation operations. We call them NEO operations. I realized. I, I, I realized that I have to get involved. And I'm saying it that way because I know, I know, after 25 years and raised, you know, going to the rank of colonel, I know that General Austin and General Milley know exactly how to do non-combat evacuation operations. They know how to do them. These are very smart men. Mm-hmm. I worked under one of them, General, General Austin, revered the man. Cause he was a black officer when I was coming up and he was a, a role model for me, mm. but I'm going to tell you right now, there is no way you're going to tell me that general Milley or general Austin told our president, sir, evacuate the military and take out all of our force protection, close down Bagram airfield, one of our largest airfields that are, are occupied by are our our Americans fighting soldiers and and airmen, and then move out our citizens of the United States. I know they didn't tell him that. So if I can assume that and know that they didn't tell him that, and that he did do that, he did that. He shut down Bagram Airfield, left millions of dollars of our equipment Mm -hmm. and our armament over there, and killed 13 of our soldiers whose parents, husbands, daughters, wives, are still suffering and asking why, why didn't they resign? Why didn't they resign? So that's when I realized that every institution in our government, and that one was the last one, Christy, our defense. And what is the number one purpose of the federal government? The number one purpose, that's why I did it. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I'm gonna be praying that more soldiers, more patriots, more constitutionalists start standing up. Christy. definitely for your campaign as well.
0: Thank you. Uh, Just uh, a little uh, reminder here. Do you remember that uh, Marine colonel that came on TV some months ago and was asking why this all happened that took place in in Afghanistan? Do you remember that? And he was court-martialed. He was put in jail. Do you remember that? Yes. Where is he? Have you heard anything?
1: Haven't heard anything. Haven't heard anything. Matter of fact, you don't hear anything about Jeremy Brown from January 6th. He's been stuck in Pinellas County jails. We've had a couple of rallies over there for him just to let the nation know that, hey, he's still there. This is completely unconstitutional. Literally, we have... These are these are tactics that someone like Castro would do, you know, hold without due process. It's ma'am. That is our country. Yes, ma'am. And here we have, you know, people just jumping into to places um, of positions of authority that really have no business being there. That I'll take in point Kamala Harris. She's not even a natural born citizen by definition.
0: Congress, yeah, Obama's um, correct.
1: Well, her parents—neither one of her parents—be a natural, uh, a natural-born citizen. You have to have your parents actually have to be from here. Obama should have never been seated either. And the Congress that actually didn't vet this out—every one of them should be discharged for the dereliction of duty. So it makes me wonder if people are, you know, stepping into offices, some of them might be well intended, but they're not even schooled in the steps that they're responsible for. Congress is supposed to vet these people before they are sworn in to see if they meet the qualifications. You have to be a natural born citizen. You cannot have a parent from another country. Because that traces back to the how the, the, the sovereigns ruled Europe. They used to marry their kids off for power arrangements. That's why that was put in there. Because that, you know, a few hundred years ago, but people don't know our history. They want to know that. And so there, there has to be a, a general re-education of the whole population. Yes. And even the people who are going to Congress, they need to sit down and go, okay, we need a basic constitutional class for these people where they are schooled and you got to make sure you're you're holding up this, you're a line of defense for this, you're a line of defense for that. And it's because they in fact are acting as a military guard for those positions. And if the parties want to put up people who don't qualify, then it's really up to the Congress not to see them. Yeah
0: I, I, I I'm listening to you and I'm uh, I'm frustrated, Christy. I'm frustrated because we have a system that we understand works, we know it works, but unfortunately it has been contaminated and tainted by greed. Mm. That greed has now permeated into our Congress, our Senate, the leaders in both of those, majority leaders and minority leaders, and I'm talking on both sides of the aisle. And oh, people are talking about a third party and people are talking about, it doesn't take a third party. What it takes now is exactly what you said, a vetting of everything and everyone that is up there, because you have within the, the SES, the uh, the civilian leadership of our government at that level, you have people up there that only want to retain power. And because of that, we have decisions that are being made from outside of our country, China being probably the, the biggest culprit that have been allowed to per, uh, infiltrate into our government and now take over decisions of where how we are being governed instead of being governed by our process. So our process has been contaminated and tainted by greed.
1: It absolutely has. The fastest way to becoming a millionaire in this country is becoming a senator. And that is, you know, every single thing should be monitored. Where their money is coming from, what speaking engagements they're doing. Every when when you decide to be a a representative of the people, you really do have to represent the people, not be a sellout.
0: The only time you see things like that happening is if the their opposition is running for an office and they want to do opposition research on. Yeah, that's the only time you see that.
1: Yeah, but you know, there there should be some level. Of monitoring this. You know, at some point in time, there has to be some checks and balances updated and brought into this whole situation, or you will have people continuing to sell out. Yeah. Uh, the whole the whole thing of, you know, they, they talk about some people have been blackmailed to to do things. Well, the all of these things need to be addressed. There has to be some type of a system of monitoring.
0: Okay, first of all, I agree with what you're saying, but what What I also understand is that we have reached a point, we're at a crossroads now, we are at a crossroads. And I always go back to the Gettysburg Address. We are engaged in this great civil war testing whether this nation or any nation so conceived and so dedicated can long endure. And I go back to what Benjamin Franklin said when he walked out of writing in in Philadelphia, the uh, constitution and they asked, well, what have you given us? And he said, a republic, if you can keep it. We are at a point now, Christy, where uh, our country is going to have to go through some very significant emotional events. Mm -hmm. People that have never been in pain and people that have never been in hardship are now going to start to see what it looks like. Now, how we come out of that? Well, I don't know. I don't know. And I don't even know what that looks like. What that hardship and that pain looks like. I don't, but I do know this. We're getting ready to go through it. We ain't seen and nothing. I,
1: I do agree. Um, we take a look at some of the things that Russia has done, for example, on the international stage. Uh, they made it a crime for media to be spewing propaganda and not news. If they say it's news, it has to be news. If it's opinion, it ha- they have to qualify it as an opinion. One of the the biggest problems we've had in this country is that the media is sponsored by who advertises. And so therefore, who advertises has the ability to frame what the news is. That's right. And make the narrative for the country. And then on the other side of it, they're the ones who financially benefit from it. So if everybody believes that there's this massive massive illness going on and they have the supposed antidote and they herd people to it via the panic created by their propaganda media, right? So we're brainwashed to think that everything that particular country does is wrong, yet the ruble is stronger because they went to a gold-backed currency than the dollar now, and nobody in America knows that, by the way. Or I would say not the general public. You have to have people who are fairly savvy in currency and and uh, and commodities to know these things. But the reason why it's not known and the reason why some of the bad behaviors of the intentions of people that are supporting different things aren't being broadcasted is because we don't have a media that's keeping our government in check. And (laughs) now, yes,
0: that was was a part of the Constitution that our founding fathers never thought Mm -hmm. would break down that if if there was one mistake, I wouldn't even call it a mistake because things were even happening then with press. But if there was one overlook or oversight that I think they did was it was the first the first amendment. And the press, how it relates to the First Amendment. And I don't I don't know how to fix that, but right now we have a press that is wedded to one side and not protecting the virtues of our country and constitution. You know, they they classify a recession, and I know you know this, Christy, of course, but they classify a recession as two consecutive quarters of negative growth. Um I I am of the the mindset that uh, we are already in a recession because I believe that a recession is how people feel. People feel recessed. People feel recessed. People feel as though they're they're, they're worried. They don't know what's going to happen in the future. There's uncertainty. You know we are a consumer-driven economy and we also are an energy-driven economy. If we don't have those two things, especially Mm -hmm. energy, which runs Mm -hmm. everything in our country, there Mm -hmm. is no way this country can survive. We are mm-hmm. taking this country. They are taking this country to bottom. I mean, where it can't complete, it can't move anymore. This is absolutely the plan. Deliberate. This is deliberate. The they're going to take this country down to a can't to nothing and try to rebuild it again. That's what Just they're to doing. Look like what is the question? They don't know. <laughs> yeah. They have no idea. They That's they why. That's why I said, I don't know where we're going, but we're definitely going to a civil conflict in this country that they created. And they, Mm -hmm. when we get there, you're not going to see them. You know why you're not going to see them? Because they're going to be behind their gated communities, their gated homes with their own security, and have had taken weapons from everybody that they can. That's Mm -hmm. what we're headed for.
1: And when people often say, well, who is they? Well, they is... Kind of the elite class, isn't it?
0: Correct. It's it's our government.
1: It's that our government. Has been infiltrated and correct, then bought out and infiltrated. Correct.
0: To special interest. look, we got good people up there. I I know I know we do. We got yeah. good people up there, and they're going against a a tyrant in a wave of of uh, obstruction that they I know feel uh, very. Uh, Frustrated with, but you you know what, Christy, they got elected to do a job. And if they aren't going out like right now on TV or in podcasts or wherever saying what I'm saying, because it's happening, Mm -hmm. they're wrong. Mm -hmm. They're wrong because they're the ones of authority that people listen to. They're the ones that are going to wake people up in their states, in those particular states and make sure that we understand what's getting ready to happen. This is now, we're now at a point where our congressmen and our senators, if they aren't screaming from the high heavens of their authority to the people of their jurisdictions and uh, affiliated with the people that voted them into office, they're wrong. That's Mm -hmm. what they're there for. That's what they're getting paid for. And they're not doing that. You know who did that? You know who did that, Christy? president trump
1: yes (laughs) yes he did
0: he did that and you know what he said he said i remember when he said this i don't i don't i don't know where it's written been written at but he said they they were asking him about the republicans how the republicans feel about him and this was in his early early time in coming into office he said i will show the republicans how to win i will show them how to win you know When you think about what this man was able to do and what his family endured and how Mm -hmm. the press, even to this day, have not given him one bit of credit for anything. Mm -hmm. And what he was able to do that in my my book is uh, unheard of, unheard of. And I I don't know that we'll ever see that again.
1: Yeah. Well, in the argument that he lost to Sleepy Joe. And Sleepy Joe had more who got more votes,
0: votes than who got more black votes than Obama.
1: Obama, right? Who didn't go out and campaign? He was stuck in the basement. And it's listen, it is so much. The like we just said, the the pendulum has just swung so hard the other way that it's kind of emboldened a, a bully spirit in the country where it's down with the laws, down with the Constitution. It's all our. Our way, which has really, you know, where there aren't any bumpers on the, on the mountain road their way, because there's no laws, there's no rules. It's whatever we feel. Just do it. It's like a Nike commercial. <laughs> just
0: do Here, it. Where the, here's where the thing is, the, the things can 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 help us. I'm not saying save us. No, but help us. The people that got him in office, Christy, as you and I both know, were independents. These were people, these were primarily um White moms and single people that thought that Trump was insulting, that thought that Trump said things that were inappropriate, that thought that Trump texted and uh, tweeted things that were uh, disturbing. Those were those people, and they looked at him as a person that was going to take the country back to a more degree of normalcy in the way they they carried themselves through protocol, how they protocol themselves. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't vote for president. that that said really nice things and and had great protocol. I don't care. I I really don't care. The only thing I care about for my president is to keep our country safe. That's it. Mm -hmm. Keep my border safe, keep my country safe, and let me do my job. Let me do what I got to do to take care of my family and let me be a good citizen by obeying the laws of this country and furthering and helping other citizens to do the same thing. That's all I wanted. And leave me alone. Okay, so here, what did they get? They got a man that came into office and was more dictatorial from day one. Who said he was going to bring the country together was more dictatorial in telling people that voted for Trump get on the wagon, just go down there and get the shot. Making us, yelling at us, screaming at us, barking at us like like a yard dog, telling us what we're doing wrong, telling us judging judging us, telling us what what we we need to be doing, what we don't need to be doing. Mm-hmm. That they started, they started thinking, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, who is this guy? And then he starts tripping up the plain, plain steps. He starts tripping up steps and he starts saying things that are just way off key and not even on the agenda of what he was supposed to say. He gets these, these handlers that are keeping him from the press. He doesn't do press conferences. They start understanding, oh my God, what have I done? Those people, those people, Christy, mm-hmm. they're gone. They are gone from Biden camp. They left a long time ago, a long time ago. And these are the people that got them in office. Now, here's the problem. You know who else knows this? Hmm. The people that got them in the office, the other people, the other people. And they are not. They know what's about to happen. That's why I say we're on a path right now where they will not be in power. And the most important thing, as I said before, is to retain power. So now what are they going to do? What are they going to do? Because they know they've lost that vote. Mm-hmm. So they're pouring mm-hmm. people across our country on, on across our borders that they're going to try to get the vote. And then they're going to try to create some type of distraction
1: yes. to
0: force something to happen to keep them in ballots.
1: So they, we go through this whole confusion of mail-in ballots and voting for days and days and days and days and days on end, counting overnight, stopping counts, starting counts at different levels. You know, Yeah, we as a country, if we don't want to be Venezuela or Cuba and go through all of that, we need to wake up because nobody's power is worth that. I don't care what side it is, red or blue, nobody's power is worth that. And I'm so glad to have people like you stepping up. And I want to talk a little bit about your plans for Orlando because Orlando has you know, a little bit of a crisis going on with your probably largest employer, Disney, uh, going anti-family values and um, dissenters, which I do support, has stood up to that uh, agenda. And you, I believe God has put you in this place for this time. I believe that there is going to be a red wave. And I I really I asked you to come on because I believe you're going to be the next mayor. Thank Orlando. you. I Thank really you. do. And I'm going to be praying and let me tell you I'm when I go to prayer, I'm a prayer warrior. And so everybody I know,
0: prayer helps. A, it really yes, does.
1: It does. What happens in the spirit, uh, you know, we want that the good things to come forward and you got it. And as Christians, brother brother and sisters, we we really have to care about what each other's calling is. So, I care about your calling and I want to see you in that position. And Orlando is a very important city in this state because out of Orlando is coming probably the biggest media message. And people don't even realize how infiltrated Disney is into how many different media outlets, Uh, even from our history. Let me tell you, if I could get the History Channel away from Disney, I would be so happy (laughs) because... We, people don't even know who we are as a people because even uh, everything is geared toward this kind of a corrupted uh, message, confusing message.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: So let's talk about, you know, first of all, you're running in a blue what would be called a, a blue region, which we don't even know if that's true with the record amount of Hispanics coming forward and arguing at uh, school boards. We don't even know if that's really true. We they, It could be more conservative once we have true and straight and honest elections than we even know. But, you know, I wanted to kind of get your feel for
0: sure
1: and what your plans are.
0: Sure. Well, well, first of all, thank you for your support, Christy. Yeah. And, I, and I do mean that I, I need all support I can get. Uh, being um, not a politician and, and, and entering this thing for the first time in my life, um, I decided to run for mayor of Orange County because I believe that our change and the reason we got to where we are in this country was because we stopped paying attention at the local level. The mon- One of the most important uh, geographic, Seats of government in our whole republic is county. Mm. That's where everything happens. Mm-hmm. That's where people's lives are. That's where people make immediate decisions about how they live. That's where people raise their kids, educate their kids, entertain their kids, take care of their kids, take care of their their families. So the county, in my in my uh, way of thinking, is where each state has the opportunity to change the trajectory of the future of their states. So you're right. Orange County being 1.49 million people and being largely historically blue, uh, Democratic, uh, having more registered Democratic voters than Republican, is, is a very important facet of the complexion of how our state looks uh, to the to the country and to the world. We have a, an administration right now in Orange County that is of course democratic. And that is a juggernaut of democratic ways of thinking. And they are well seated because they, uh, the, Jerry Demings, uh, who is a prior sheriff of the county, Is been here all his life, and he has a wife that is a congresswoman that is now running for Senate. So they have a a wide range of support throughout our county, and they have been able to use that support to garner other people getting into the offices around the county that make big decisions and keep the free flow of electoral processes within our county from taking place. So you, in other words, you have to have resources in order to compete with these people. Mm. And you have to have very good backing to do this. So a person like me coming in and upsetting the apple cart by running on a conservative ticket. This is a nonpartisan race, I should point that out. And running on the fact that I don't wanna raise taxes on 1% of tax uh, for transportation, because we have right now an 8.6% inflation rate. That's just the average. Eggs right now are at 22 Mm -hmm. percent. Meat right now is, I believe, 16 percent. People are suffering. And to raise taxes on a transportation tax on a system that is probably not going to take place for a decade, for at least a decade, for the people to feel a relief from, I think is not the direction we need to take our county. I also think that having parents have the opportunity to raise their kids and educate their kids and not be dictated to by a uh board of education in any area of our county or I'm sorry of our uh, of our districts should not be allowed give that power back to the parents i'm also quite honestly in favor of giving stipends to parents and letting them pick where they want to send their kids let them mm-hmm. do that by the way arizona the state just passed a law to do this, to do that very thing first yep. state first yep. state it's happening christy yeah so I'm a person that wants to give the government back to the people. I am a public servant. The people do not serve me. I serve the people. I think that's how it's supposed to work. I'm not also in this for money. I'm not in this for fame. Uh, I am am in this to help. I'm in this to to lead our county to a better future. And I think I can do it by just common sense ways of of taking corruption out of our government. We have a lot of corruption now, I I believe, in our budget because we are a very revenue-rich county. We enjoy more revenue than a lot of counties. Counties are jealous of the revenue that we enjoy. And mm-hmm. I just think that we need to do a, a good auditing of that revenue, make sure that money's going in the right places.
1: Good, I'm so happy to hear that. Because I'll tell you one thing, in my past life, I had actually worked for a, uh, a bond house. And you know when you start really seeing how much debt Just keeps compiling 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 and um, how counties themselves cities themselves just keep overspending and overspending and it's all part of this fiat system but on the other hand where did the original funding go no one ever asked so they want a new (laughs) issue so on behalf of the people it would be great to have politicians that would come in and say you know what Let's take a look at why every year each budget has to be greater than the last one. We've already built roads, now we're maintaining them. Uh, Because I can tell you that there's this whole complex system of investment bankers that need to be paid, and they're, they're buddies with the people on this commission, that commission, and they're buddies with the developers that are jamming through high density living everywhere we go. Let me tell you this. As a holistic practitioner, I can tell you that, um, first of all, for our basic health, oxygen is one of the most important factors. Why do I say that? Because some of the major cities are actually down to 12 and 16% levels because of high density living. And then you turn, yeah, promoting disease left and right. And you want to talk about why in the biblical times people were so healthy. Well, guess what? They had a very, very oxygen-rich planet. So this high-density living where you've got people selling out each other's neighborhoods for not just a housing development, but it's just high-density everywhere. It's not really healthy. And kids, now they've made it so hard for even landowners to retain their land with the taxation of it that they're being forced. I've talked to people who have had hobby farms and this and that. And they're being forced by taxation to sell out their properties, and so it, there's a whole way of life that starts changing. You don't have kids that know how to, you know, do chores. Or I grew up with 4-H. We had horses, and you know, there's there's something very wholesome about just knowing how nature works. And there, there's a whole level of, of our culture that's being removed, and and it's all these backroom deals with all these all this debt. Enforcing. forcing i moved to the most northern kind of suburb of tampa and at that time uh there was just there was very little development north of where i was at now it's as if i'm in the heart of the city 10 years later and and there's no end in sight because they're mowing down trees everywhere yeah. wow. so and
0: what it, what it should what should a human being have as far as ho- oxygen um
1: well, the normal is 21% from for our normal environment, okay. but you know, back in the biblical days, it was 35%. And that's why those people were living so long. As a hyperbaric oxygen practitioner, I can tell you that it will produce the pressure, the, the atmospheric pressure with the oxygen produces stem cell release in your body that can repair anything. It can take on inflammation. It can be uh, neurological damage because stem cells become anything you need. So the the repair of tissue by adding oxygen is phenomenal. Wow. I, when I explain this to people, I say, imagine a car, and this works great with guys, where you only put in gas, but your air filter is plugged. <laughs> You're going to have a hard time getting some torque out of it, aren't yeah, you? you are. right? Our bodies are the same way because our bodies, we put this fuel in. And even if you're eating really great, but you have low oxygen input, you have to have oxygen to make ATP and set spark just like the engine. And so now you have people just selling out their neighborhoods and congestion in the street and common, even common courtesy classes, such as um, I'm talking to Peter about this peer week going for Congress You know, driver's ed has been taken out of all the schools and you've got kids. I just there was a funeral of two kids that just passed away in in high school from an unnecessary car accident. And they're they're getting their driving tips from Fast and Furious, you know, and seriously, when I was a kid, they had simulators that you were in. You you practice driving on a course with people. You practice parking. All of these things, but, you know, they've taken shop out. People don't even know you're supposed to change oils, some some people, you know. Seriously, I've I've heard the car guys talking about how their car, you know, people come in and didn't realize that they were supposed to do this, this, and the basics. But that's the population. They're trying to force every kid to be an expert in calculus. And I took calculus. I don't use parabolas very often, I'll tell you that much. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and yeah. yet the basics of home ec, how to make yourself an a easy meal, how to, you know, do general repairs, how does a car work, what, where is a spark plug, you know, the basic things. And it, even in biology, hey, you need oxygen to live. Hey, maybe this high density living everywhere is really not beneficial for piling all your people together and expecting people to have a normal, sane mind, not to mention, oh, Living and out uh, overpopulating your resources for an area, which is happening too. So if there's a crisis, and you've now cut down all your citrus trees because you've been importing it, well now you can't afford to import it. How are you going to feed your people? Because you've just been selling all the land out to the developers, and you've been taxing the people who own the land out of it. This has got to change.
0: You know, we everything you say is so uh, poignant because we have a government. That is selling off our agricultural lands to another country. Now, Christy, I'm not a smart, real smart, smart guy, but I got a lot of common sense. A whole lot of common sense. Um, not so much common anymore. But my question to you is where have you heard of a country like ours selling or allowing sale, sales of our land, our American land, where well, we won't even sell it to our citizens, selling it to Foreign countries like China, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. whole swaths yeah. of agricultural real estate to a country that is trying to take us over. They said it. Xi Jinping yeah. made it very clear. I am going to, we are going to be the hegemonic power of the world. He mm-hmm. said it. If it takes mm-hmm. us 100 years, don't care. But we are going to be the hegemonic power. Who's the hegemonic power right now? The United States. The United States is losing it, if they haven't already. Right now, we have a country like China that's gone into the South China Sea and built islands, literally built islands wow. with, with, sh- with ships, submarines, jets, airfields to protect that whole sphere of influence over there so they can project their power throughout the South China area. That's why mm-hmm. Japan is so worried. That's why Vietnam is so worried. That's why Korea wants to know what we're doing about it. Mm-hmm. We have now got, I can't remember which country in South America. The Costa Rica, that's Central America, but we mm-hmm. got a country like Costa Rica, which has allowed the Belt and Road Initiative from China to come into their country and start building their infrastructure. They don't do that for nothing. This no, Belt and don't. Road concept is a is a deadly, deadly quite brilliant plan by China to take over the world. And they're doing it.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, even this whole electric car thing. Do you know who builds all those batteries who own who has 80 percent of of the market? Yeah, you do. But the general green population, that is everything goes green. Well, first of all, you have to burn coal to power your cars. They forget about that. But You know, it is, in fact, China that's building the batteries. So now our entire transportation system is going to depend on that. And I'll tell you from a holistic practitioner standpoint as well. Now you want to put every American on top of a uh, surrounded by batteries. You don't Mm. think that there's some type of frequency interaction. Yeah. You know, it's just not good. Interesting. Yeah, I mean if you're supposed to hold your cell phone away from your head, but yet yeah. sit on top of a mountain of batteries for a hundred thousand miles. Right, come on. So, anyways, maybe that's a little the, the common sense thing. I'm, I'm learning from you, Christy. <laughs> well, I just back up and I, I kind of go, come on. So at any rate, I just want to close with a, a prayer for you. And I pray that your campaign will absolutely succeed. I pray a hedge of protection around you and your family as you go forward. And I pray that the Lord just downloads his will into your spirit and guides you every step of the way. May you meet with complete success. And I call nothing but net in Jesus name. So Thank going you, forward. Yes. And it has been a privilege to get to know you, to meet you. And hopefully, you know, I hope we can work together on some projects coming. Yeah. Up.
0: Yeah. I told you about look, the film. I'm, I look forward to it.
1: Thank yeah. You. The film project that is going and underway with one of your colleagues running for. Yeah. This is a partner of mine. And we're going to be doing a film project based on covenant keeping. And it's going to be really interesting and it'll probably be out of Orlando. So. Hopefully we'll keep the momentum moving over there and moving forward.
0: I thank you, Christy, for the opportunity and um, good luck to all your endeavors. And if I can be of any assistance, please let me know.
1: All right. Well, God bless. Thank you for your time and have a a wonderful day.
0: On the campaigning. Thanks, Christy. All
1: right. All right. (laughs) Take care. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you again for tuning in to the Soul Connection. We can be found at soulconnectionusa.com with our developing community. Please join us again every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until our next show, find new ways this week and every week to make your own Soul Connections.